You're listening to WCT.FM, talk radio like no other. Well, good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. You are listening to The Supernatural Realm on WCET.FM. Also, 101.7 FM, Columbia Talk in Columbia, South Carolina. Man, I think I'm ready to open up a Mountain Dew now after that little (laughs) frustration. (laughs) My mama was texting me and trying to get the show on the air. Oh, man. But I want to let the listeners know that um, Supernatural Realm airs live every Tuesday and Thursday right here on Columbia Talk 101.7 and www.latenightinthemidlands.com. We cover subjects from the paranormal UFOs, cryptozoology, anthropology, science, including quantum physics, astrophysics, and how it connects the universe together. And uh, we can also be found on CastBox. Player FM, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and uh, hopefully in the next week or so, uh, they'll be adding us on iHeartRadio, and we are available on iTunes and on Google Play. So, also, Blueberry.com, forward slash Supernatural Realm Radio, forward slash, and uh, the uh, older shows can be found on um, our Supernatural Realm YouTube page dating back to 2013. So wow. I want to let the listeners know that we're everywhere now. <laughs> so, wow. so um, Chippy, who do we have this evening, bud? Well, you know, we have a magical guest today, Tim. And uh, it's a beautiful day for a magical guest, wouldn't you say? You know, especially if you've gotten that Mountain Dew open by now. <laughs> Not yet, but I will have it open soon. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take some time reading the bio here so you can get a Mountain Dew open. I got my Red Bull, you know, so we're good. <laughs> right. uh, but we also have a, a an absolutely magical guest. Uh, actually, she uh, she was on, on uh, my shows, uh, Shameless Self-Promotion, uh, uh, my show right here on this network, every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern called Kindness Beyond the Veil. Uh, with Chip Reichenthal, we take a kinder look at the supernatural, paranormal, metaphysical, and extraterrestrial worlds. She was a marvelous guest, uh, and so marvelous, in fact, we asked her to come on uh, Supernatural Realm today, because, you know, Timmy here uh, knows excellent, phenomenal talent when he sees and hears it, so uh, there is that. Uh, Our guest today, our honored guest, is D. Colin, uh, also known professionally as D. Angelus, Colin. Uh, She's a spirit communicator, an empath, a Reiki master, a tarot interpreter, and if that's not enough, she spent years working paranormal investigations uh, also, you know, throughout New York City. You know, she was part of the New York City Paranormal uh, Group. uh, Has a lot to offer there. She has worked as a psychic detective. She has lectured around the country and the world on spirit phenomenon, 
extraterrestrials, and ancient civilizations. She's traveled to many of the legendary sites in Egypt, Greece, and she's searched for Atlantis. So my, oh my, we won't run out of things to talk to her about today. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, a, it's a great honor to have Dee Colin with us today, Timmy, right here on Supernatural Realm. Very cool. I don't know how, how people, gifted people like me and, and Dee and you, Chip, how we deal with people. And especially as an empath, it's crazy. The, the energies are all over the place. Oh, they are all over the place. But, oh. you know, the, it, 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 I guess it's your perspective, you know. You, you always hope for the best and keep things exciting <laughs> and stay out of busy shopping malls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially Walmart, for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, with that too, yeah. Especially around the holidays, you know. Yeah, it's I always you go just, just for the heck of it and, and apologize to cashiers there, you know. Not because of anything I've done, <laughs> But, you know, by the time I get to them, they're usually a bit beat up, you know. Right. Poor well, things. Welcome to the show, Dee. It's good to have you here. Yes, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Yep, absolutely. How, how did all these gifts start for you? What's some of your, your, your backstory? Well, we'll have to go back to my childhood about that one in particular, because that's where things started to happen, even though I wasn't really fully aware, you know, of what was going on. I was so little at the time. I mean, I can go back all the way to two years of age, even before then, you know, when unusual experiences, as I learned later on, that's what they were, you know, started happening, new for me. And it was mainly just in the dream state. That's where it first became known, at least to me, and especially as I look back upon it, you know, as well, with unusual experiences, you know, in the at night, visitations, at times lights, you know, that would appear. You know, also um, the visitations were quite regular, you know, for me, you know, as well. The younger you are, the more open that you are as well. Right. You know, to spirit and to metaphysical. Mm -hmm. phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, helps a great deal. And this went on for a period of a few years or so, you know, like I think perhaps a year, when I was a year and a half old, I have a good memory, so I do remember, you know, that way back then. And going on to about the age of five, you know, and then things started to like to lessen, you know, from there. Mm -hmm. And as I grew older at that point, and started, you know, socializing, going into school, you know, meeting other people, becoming more involved with the mundane, you know, things of the world, you know, that side of me started to close off because mm -hmm. I wasn't putting the attention you know, to it either. And if we're going to talk about biology, you know, here, and this is something that has been studied through science as well, the brain and the structures there and the outer structures, you know, the, with the, especially with the bones. You know, we have the structures called the fontanelles, if you've heard of those. Right. And the fontanelles around the age of five, you know, are more open. You know, you're more, your brain is more pliable, mm -hmm. let's say. The structures that surround the brain are also more open. It's where they're more malleable. But as you grow older and at that time period, around the age of five or so, the fontanelle structures start to close. You know, they start to harden. Mm -hmm. you know, around, you know, the brain casing. Mm -hmm. And it has been discovered that as that happens, somehow you become less sensitive, right? you know, to 
metaphysical, hmm. you know, vibrations, metaphysical frequencies or so. So this is something that science has studied as well. Wow. Do you think these these, these paranormal UFO experiences that the children have, uh, you think most, the majority of them are up until the age of seven? Or do you think... Well, it can as well. It depends on the individual also hmm. because individuals with a stronger mind, let's say, or let's say with a lower vibration as well, and it is a lower vibration, they seem to be able to like, remember more, seem to have more of a connection. Mm-hmm. It certainly seems that way. That's, you know, that's when you learn who your family is. That's when you pick your, your personalities and, and you know, yes. your environment sort of comes together. That's most crucial, I think, in the first seven years of your life. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then as you go older, you become more involved with the world, mm-hmm. you know, interacting more with people. You're, you're, you know, again, your attention, you know, gets taken away from those things. And you're in school studying, you have friends, you have homework to do, you have things with your family, you're more able to do things here on earth in the material. So it does take away from the other aspect, mm-hmm. you know, from the other side of things. Did these experiences scare you when you were a baby, or like two, two, three, four, five years old, or yes, certainly it was because it was not a pleasant experience mm-hmm. the way that I had it. I mean, everybody has their own, you know, story for these things. You know, for me, it was not the most pleasant experience because it was frightening, and you know, to be visited in the middle of the night, you know, fairly frequently, you know, by by small beings that would come in, you know, into the home, and they, again, they vibrate on a different level, so my parents were not really aware of it because, mm-hmm. again, that's the way these things work. They, you know, they're, they're fourth level, fifth level, or whatever, you know, you know, beings. They exist in a different, you know, vibration. So, but they would come through, and they would suddenly come to, that they visit, and I could remember myself very vividly, you know, coming out of the, the crib, you know, even, and, or having them, you know, take me out of the crib, you know, move me into like, the center of the living room or in the home where that was, you know, where we would, you know, have, you know, experiences or so. And it wasn't always the most pleasant thing. It was frightening. Sometimes they were hostile you know, mm-hmm. to me, you know, mm-hmm. as well. They were a little bit like aggressive, you know, also. And so it was not the most pleasant experience. And then they would, you know, after a few hours, they would go, dissipate. I'd go back to, you know, my, my bed or whatever, and I'd wake up the next morning, but I remembered things vividly. Mm. But at the same time, with the comfort of the daylight, I would, like, feel safe. Wow. You know, un- until the evening time would come. Mm-hmm. Chip? Yeah, um, when, you, when you describe them as uh, fourth or fifth, uh, density, I guess, would probably be the best term to use. Would you interpret that more as uh, spirit or extraterrestrial, uh, or just a, you know some kind of in- interdimensional or even divine figure? Well, I guess not if they're hostile. No, well, obviously not. But I would you know interpret this more as interdimensional, extraterrestrial. Okay. You know, also yeah. um, as I grew older and I learned later on. Um, I wasn't the only one oh. who had this type of experience or in, in a similar format. It was quite striking for me you know, to, to hear about this, to read about it, 
you know, as well. But I knew, I thought, oh my God, it wasn't my imagination. Mm-hmm. After all, mm-hmm. there was really something to this. After all, I'm getting confirmation because there's other people who are saying similar things, you know, or practically identical. And that was, you know, very, you know, very, it was comforting in a way for me because I knew it wasn't a figment of my imagination. It was right. not fantasy. It's like if you, if you think you're, you're sick and you have to go to the hospital and find out that you're indeed sick and they have an idea of what kind of sickness it is, it's both nice to know and not nice to know at the same time, I suppose. Well, true. Very, very true. And I must say for the period of the several years that this lasted frequently, um, things did change a bit. It wasn't always hostile from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. As I grew older and became braver, you know, also as well, and knew that I could resist and fight back, they kind of backed off. Mm. And then they started to become actually more friendly, you know, mm. toward me. And I used to look forward, actually, to them, you know, coming, you know, to visit and have experiences. And sometimes we would even go outside, you know, of the apartment where we lived. This would happen in the Bronx when ah. I was a small child. Yeah. And... And then we, they would take me out of the, in my apartment, my home, and we'd go out into the street, right in the middle of the street there, in front of the building, in the middle of the night. This could have been three, four in the morning, you know, uh, you know dark. Um, and we would sometimes be just out there hanging or even playing you know, in the street. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, it, it begs the question, and then I'll turn it back to Timmy here. Um, have, you know, since you've... Uh, you know, been an adult. Have you seen these uh, types of beings again? No. You know, the, those experiences really came to an end when I was about five or six, you know, to six years of age. Ah. At that time, we had moved you know, from where this originally oh, okay. you know, started because when I was born, that was, you know, the, the home that I went to when I was born. You know, and then we moved like about when I was about five or six or so from there. And then, you know, in the new, you know, residence, I had maybe two, maybe three, no more than four, I think, experiences of that nature. But then they just stopped, you know, after that. Wow. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, Timmy? Were you able to talk to about your abilities to family? Did, did you know, other family members have have these uh, sensitivities or were you there? Um, mm-hmm. Well, as far as I know, um, the only person who had something, I mean, my mother has some things as I found later on, not immediately, mm-hmm. but as, you know, as I grew up and whatever and became more aware, more open and spoken a little bit more about these things, uh, my mother's sister, my aunt had always had an interest in the spiritism or so. Uh, we are Puerto Rican. Ah. So they they came from Puerto Rico, you know, the, the, the Caribbean islands and countries are very believing mm-hmm. in, you know, in spirit, yeah. in, you know, in metaphysics, in the paranormal. So my aunt, you know, was someone who believed in these things, and she, you know, used to do the tarot, as oh. I learned later on, from time to time. She used to visit spiritual, uh, spiritual churches or so, where they would bring in the spirit you know, for people. So she used to visit those, you know, as well from time to time. Other than that, I am not really aware of anyone else who had any gifts or whatever, except until recently. I had a revelation. 
know, happen. Um, I had a reading with a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and I usually have a reading with her about once a year. And I like to do this for myself because I do this for others, but I too like to have a reading. And it's always good to go to someone because someone else. Great to have a second opinion. (laughs) Yeah, they're much more objective than we are, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, absolutely. She can do things all right because she can connect for me in ways that I really can't, you know, you know, as yeah. well. So she was able to, you know, to tell me something very interesting she had never told me before. And she said she was being provided information where apparently there were family members hmm. from my father's side hmm. who long ago, you know, this could have been like, many, many years ago, these could be ancestors even, sure. you know, that um, had some sort of strong connection mm-hmm. with the paranormal, with psychism, or so whatever, wow. and more than one. And that was a revelation because I had never heard this before. I don't know very much about my father's side of the family mm-hmm. you know, either. The ones that I did know, whatever, the last thing they were certainly was psychic <laughs> of any kind or sort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was no talk ever about that or knowledge that I knew of, you know, from them. We didn't have much of a connection with them anyway. So this was striking for me to hear. So Mm -hmm. now that's opened up a whole new area, you know, for me of having to like, I don't know, explore, investigate as possible or whatever to know, to connect on my own. Mm -hmm. Very fascinating for me. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. You had a fascinating but frightening uh, experience since, uh, since you were... An infant. Yes, yes, and it did make me fearful of the night Mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. And for many years, many years afterward, I could not sleep in total darkness. I always had to have a light on somewhere, at least outside of my room or whatever. And to this day, I still do. You know, actually, I don't have the same fear like I did, you know, as a child or as as a younger person as well. And because I've tapped into this and do this now, whatever, I know more. Mm-hmm. I know much better now, but, you know, but for many years growing up or whatever, I could not sleep, you know, at all in the dark. Mm. Wow. That had to be frightening for sure. Uh, did you, did you, did you have any friends that you were able to talk to growing up about your abilities well, and your experience? Somewhat, somewhat, but again, these weren't people that were like really open to these things necessarily. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, growing up, that is. And this was a while back, so again, it was a different era in a way yeah. also. Yeah, you it, couldn't really talk it, about that stuff back then. Right, you know very well, obviously, both of you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I did I, open up from time to time. Well, you mentioned you eventually found out that you weren't the only one seeing these things. Uh, who, who did you find out from? Uh, were, were they friends or family? Or, you know, no, kids actually, school? No, no, neither. Not so much either. A little bit here and there, whatever. So that was interesting or so. Um, it was more from, let's say, from reading, you know, books from others, you know, on these types of matters oh, or okay. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading, uh, learning from them, from those experiences. Uh, when I started to open up more to mm-hmm. spiritual things, the spiritual work, and the metaphysical, paranormal, etc., was in the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was still in university at the time. And for a while, they had closed off a bit because I was focusing on my studies, etc. or so. I didn't have time to really 
hone in on those things, other things that were extraneous as well. So I went away from that interest for a few years while I was focusing on studying. But then like in the mid-90s, something came over me. I said, something is missing. I'm, there's something about me that's missing. Mm-hmm. And I just was listening to, I guess, my intuition or whatever, and I realized that it was I was not paying attention to the spiritual side of me. Mm-hmm. And so I started opening up to that again from there. As I did that, I started feeling a change for the better. I started mm-hmm. feeling more like myself again mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time. I felt very happy and good about it as well. So, oh my God, I'm really opening up again. I feel more like me once mm-hmm. again. So as that started happening in 1997, 1998, or so, wondrous things started happening as well. I started to want to read once again about these subjects, learn about them, open my senses once again. I became a voracious reader on all of this subject matter. I bought books galore you know, <laughs> on this. Something was leading me to this. And then around May of 1998, I had an incredible experience. And I went to see Sylvia Brown live ah. you know, in one of the... Yes, in one of her lectures that she used to do all over the world. Mm-hmm. So that I was just guided to. That's another whole magical experience. Too long to get into it. So it would take a whole week. <laughs> so about everything <laughs> or more. But I was guided, you know, to, to, to somehow see Sylvia. I just happened to see, you know, Montel Williams' talk show, which she was on frequently. Yeah, frequently. Yeah. One day. Yes, as I was, you know, I was really focusing on finding a way to find, to meet her. At the end of the show, there was an advertisement. At that point, there was an organization called the Learning Annex. Oh, okay. And sure. yeah, yeah, and at the very end of Montel's show, the Learning Annex had an announcement: Sylvia will be live in New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get your tickets now. You know, May. You know, night. Oh, I was, I was jumping for joy. <laughs> so I immediately got to the Learning Annex. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually went there to their office in Manhattan oh, at nice. the time and bought, got, yeah, got a ticket. And it was May 16th of 1998. Wow. And I went into the city and Sylvia was doing one of her big seminars at a hotel. It was the Hilton Hotel at that time there. And I thought, because I was very naive to these things, oh my God, this is going to be wonderful. I'm going to get to this you know, event. I'm going to get to meet Sylvia. I'm going to get to talk to her and ask her questions and ask her for her guidance or whatever. And I thought, maybe there's only like, maybe the most like 40 people you know, in the room wow. you know, for this. Huh. And I thought, because you, again, I didn't know anything. I was just starting out with this and getting interested in these types of people or so. So I go to the Hilton Hotel, a very large hotel over there, give my ticket into the front desk. They say, oh, go through the doors, you know, there. And as I opened the doors, it's a giant ballroom. There were like 2,000 seats. <laughs> wow. Definitely not in an the ballroom. Setting. Yeah. Wow. No, it's on a giant stage at the front. So I look at this and I think to myself, well, I guess I'm not going to be really speaking to Sylvia one on one. You know, am I? But it was a wonderful evening. She did come on the stage. You know, she was wonderful. She read for many people in the audience. She did a raffle or so. I said, well, this is good to know. She, you know, she used to do like a bingo type thing. Everybody was given a ticket. Mm-hmm. And her husband at the time would spin, you know, the wheel or whatever. Whoever the ticket she pulled out, that's who got a free reading from the audience. Yeah. So, of course... It was a blessing that the woman who was sitting next to me, you know, got, you know, a reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's nice that you see it that way. Right. So she got a reading. She asked a frivolous little question. 
you know, but she got, you know, an answer from Sylvia. It was nice and whatever. I said, okay, fine. I learned something from the experience. However, the next day was when things really started to happen. So I was still in university. This is a Friday morning. I rode my bicycle to university, did my class, came back. I was heading to my home, heading down the hill a bit to go into the basement where, you know, I could catch the elevator. Down the hill a little further, there's benches. I see my friend sitting there with a baby carriage. Her granddaughter had just been born a few weeks before. So I went down to say hello to Patty and got to see the little baby for the first time. Nice, sunny, bright day in the spring. And all of a sudden, you know, Patty was sitting at the bench. I was standing before her. All of a sudden, she got very quiet. She looked down. Then she looked up again. And then she asked me, do you know who Sylvia Brown is? <laughs> wow. Boy, that's not out of the I blue, was, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just stood there for a moment. I said, you know, uh, yes, in fact, I just went to see her last night at an event in the city. I said, well, girl, so was I. I was there, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about synchronicity, now, right? So I naturally didn't see her. She didn't see me. There were over 2,000 people in that auditorium. Wow. You know, impossible. You know, in the ground floor as well, there's a balcony as well. There are more people up there. So I think she was sitting up there with her friend of hers who took her up there. We didn't see each other. We know anything for nothing. I didn't know at this time that my friend Patty was a psychic medium. And that's how I got introduced to her, you know, gifts. Wow. And we're neighbors. You know, uh, she lived sure. a floor below me. We've mm-hmm. known each other for a few years prior. We weren't really connected that, that strongly, but we were friendly. But after that, you know, the doors opened. And then from there, we connected about these things. We were able to communicate with that. We were so happy because we were only two in the entire neighborhood and or area here that were open to these things or knew mm-hmm. about, you know, at least we yeah. admitted that we were open. Or, yeah, at least you could talk about it with each other because, uh, you know, outside of that, you take risks, you know, but even back then. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. This is still the mid to late nineties when things are starting to get popular. Sure. You know, about these things. And John Edwards is starting to come into being, you know, with his yep. television show mm-hmm. and his lectures and Sylvia Brown and Rosemary Altea and James Van Prague started to become popular. Mm-hmm. And yep. New Age started to become popular. Yeah. You know, in the United States. Yep. So it all came in at the same time. Well from there the doors opened further and then Patty said, you know, there's a Queen Psychic Club. You know, that I go to, I was like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. There's a Queens Psychic Club in the borough of Queens in New York City. Wow. Uh, I had never heard of this. I said, I'll take you to a meeting. So from there, that's when it all really started to happen. I met other like-minded people. A gentleman named Bob Cecilio was the founder of the Queen's Psychic Club, and he created this club right here in downtown Flushing, you know, Queens, and they meet once a month. Wow. They would have a lecturer every month, you know, speakers or whatever, you know, people would sell things or whatever. People would come together to meet and to discuss about these matters. They also had psychic fairs twice a year, you know, also, yep. you know, held too. So it was my first introduction to meeting others and to psychic work and to learning and studying and being mentored, you know, into this fascinating, you know, realm, you know, of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very comforting to have... Uh, friends and and be able to to come together in one event with like-minded people that that you're familiar with that that you know or that you you know you think of as family because 
you know, any other time during the year, it, it's so hard to express those those feelings and those thoughts that you have because other people don't embrace it the same thing you embrace. And it's frustrating that you can't, cool. yeah, you can't talk about it because they don't know what you're talking no, about. It's not, not interesting. Yes, and especially at that time period when it was just now, it was just starting yeah, to get even known now. more into, yeah. in, into mainstream society. But the most important element here of this entire story that I'm telling you is the fact that when I was ready and I opened myself up, mm-hmm. Spirit listened, right. and Spirit was aware, and Spirit provided and presented these experiences, you know, meeting Patty, going to see Sylvia Brown, getting connected with the, with the Queen Psychic Club. One door opened another door and another door and another door. Mm-hmm. It just, it was like the floodgates were open. I yeah. asked and I beseeched. Right. Wow. There, boy, there's an affirmation for you. you know, yeah. You know, you're knowing you're in the right spot. Uh, you know, inquiring minds are dying to know. Did your friend Patty, because there's all the synchronicity, and you remember the date, too, May 16th, 1998, when you first saw Sylvie Brown. The only dates I remember are the ones that I have to without being in the doghouse, you know, <laughs> you wedding married. anniversaries and birthdays <laughs> and things like that. Uh, but, but it begs the question, did your friend Patty also sit next to somebody who won the lottery and got a reading from Sylvia Brown? Because <laughs> that would be just totally, you know, wild. So. No, I don't think that happened. It was a uh, while ago. I don't remember. I don't remember all the details. <laughs> I just, you know, had but, to ask that. But she was there. She was there, and so was I. And we didn't even know it until the following day. <laughs> yeah. well, that's wild. Yeah, and my, she, my dad grew up in Flushing, so you know I've seen cool. that area a few times. And that's that's one of those yeah. city names you never forget. You know. Yes, of course, absolutely. So, you know, from there, you know, I started connecting with other people who did this, you know, people who had worked for decades, you know, as psychics, as mediums, as healers, as intuitives, you know, and getting to hear them lecture and speak. And it was a variety of people that would come to speak. You know, at the Queen Psychic Club, it was astrologers, numerologists, psychic mediums, healers, hypnotists, holistic practitioners. You know, Bob knew so many people, know so many people, you know, that he was able to always get, you know, pretty much fascinating and interesting guests. You know, some were well-known, you know, others were local, you know, but everybody had something to offer and we could all, you know, connect and learn, you know, from them. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing when, when you're able to go to events like that. You know, I wish, I wish I was able to, you know, to go to more of them with my mom. We only do a couple, a couple mm-hmm. shows a year. And I wish we could do more because it's it's so wonderful mm-hmm. being with like-minded uh, friends and family that are, you know, I think the same as you. Oh, very true. Absolutely. Especially for this, which was well, for so long, something that wasn't really discussed, something that was ridiculed. Mm-hmm. People didn't believe, you know, or so the majority of people did not believe. You know, so of course you, one would feel isolated, alone. You know, even, you know, not able to discuss with others, you feel like there was something off with you. Or you're, are you mentally stable? <laughs> you know, or so. And the people that, yeah, sure, people that I did tell, whatever, oh, no, that's just a fantasy, that's just an imagination, or so don't believe in those things, you know, as well, that's silly, or that's, you know, or that's, you know, negativity, or that's the devil, mm-hmm. you know, as some people mm-hmm. who are more religious would say, or so don't, you know, don't dabble in those things because that's not good for you. And so, shoot, you know, you're growing up as a child, or as a young person, you know, hearing this, you know, it's very, you know, what are you to do? It shuts you down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
my my dad used to criticize me. I, I you know I I started into the paranormal realm back in two thousand eight, and up until mm-hmm. you know up until he recently passed away two years ago, you know something would mm-hmm. would happen in the room. The uh, uh, a light bulb would blink or a light bulb would blow. You know he'd say that's Tim bringing ghosts in his house. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it does happen. Yeah, it does. Jeez. Well, all the things I've ever been accused of by my parents, that was never one of them. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just dad, saying. Dad, dad was one of those people who was open-minded because he listened to, to Coast to Coast every night. Oh, he would drive me yep. nuts yeah, because yeah. he had it too loud. I wouldn't be able yeah. to sleep. But at the same token, I was being blamed for being ghosts and bringing ghosts in the house. So. Yeah. Yes, yes, and I guess he listened to Art Bell. Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, back then it was, yep. 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 He started listening to Art mm-hmm. Bell. Art Bell, yeah. Yes, of course, absolutely. Art Bell was, you know, just marvelous. Yeah. Such oh, knowledge. A phenomenon, yeah. And he started off talking about politics in, like, 1976. Mm-hmm. And it slowly morphed into, you know, UFOs and ghosts and yeah, things yes. of that nature. Yeah. Yes, was, yes, of course. That was, that was, they had uh, some fascinating experiences also. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to listen to that on my way home. You know, I DJed nightclubs back then. So, you yeah. know, that was, that was, you know, and the last thing I wanted to hear was music. So, yeah. Art Bell it was. Boy, mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of missed that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad there's shows like ours, Chip. You know, you'd be hey, well, exactly right. Brother. You know, yeah. they, they, keep, they can carry on that Art Bell legacy. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly right. Of course. Yeah, without him, we wouldn't be talking about it still, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then you do have to give credit to, you know, folks uh, like Dee was mentioning, you know, Sylvia Brown and John Edward and uh, James Van Prague and folks like that, you know, who were taking a tremendous risk, you know, even though they were – getting good exposure on daytime TV, you know, I mean, they were, they were, you know, as soon as they stepped off that stage, you know, there are people in line to blast them, you know, uh, scientists mm-hmm. to mock them. And uh, yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, not, not an easy time. So yeah, I'm glad it is easier now to talk about this stuff more, well, much more openly than we, we were used to, you know, especially back in that day and age. Yeah. No, of course, and they paved the way because they also had the gifts, and they yeah. were able to, you know, to produce the evidence, you know, for thousands of people. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how can you, you know, how can you argue against that with yeah. someone, you know, connecting in that way and providing evidence, evidential mediumship, mm-hmm. as a confirmation, you know, from the from the sitters, from the clients, or so, yeah. and on a regular basis, you know, over every day. That you could not ignore. That even, of course, the media could not ignore either. That's why they put them on television because they knew that they were able to do it right. and do it correct and do it truthfully. Mm-hmm. You know, also, that this was real. This yeah. was not fake. This was not a show or whatever. This was real. You could feel it. You could sense it. You would know it. But even with that said, you know, I mean, and Timmy and I talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we always come across some bad ones, you know, and by bad, especially in this reference, and we're talking 20 years ago, which really doesn't seem like a long time ago, but it was an eternity in comparison, you know, yes, and, but I mean, the, the ones that would uh, 
guide people into uh, kind of a, a, a fear-based rhetoric, you know, uh, who would let their outfits, you know, because back then they were at, you know, Karnak hats and bells and books and candles and the outfits really spoke more for them than their words did or their messages. Yeah. But, the, but they were, you know, uh, very manipulative in, in a lot of ways, you know, where they would yeah. use f- fear as their main message to get people to continue to pay, you know. Of course. Uh, so, of course. Uh, but you've, you've, you've. Uh, I'm sure you've uh, had your share of coming across those, especially when, you know, uh, back then in the in the late '90s when you were really coming into your own, you know. And soon, I'm sure after, you know, the Sylvia Brown uh, thing and and uh, the the Queens Club that you were, uh, the Psychic Club in Queens, where, you know, you're bound to run into some where you go, I, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, certainly, certainly. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, that, you know, assume things or want to, and it's not obviously real. Others, you know, may be well-meaning or so, but they're just not, you know, really connecting properly. And then we have those, unfortunately, that have, you know, they have mental issues, behavioral health issues you mm. know, as well that mm. we have to recognize too. So one, has, you know, one has to become aware, one knows, you know, about these things. But then there's also people that are genuine and real. And luckily for me, I was able to connect with people who did this work, you know, truthfully, genuinely. They did have the gifts as well, you know, to do this. And those are the people that I was able to learn from, to receive mm. mentorship from. Yeah. And because I had my own gifts as well, it wasn't just, you know, having experiences as a small child, you know, with, you know, the spirits or so, with the, the extra dimensionals or whatever. Also, I was also very, very sensitive. The reason why I was able to connect or have those experiences was because I was sensitive and open, mm. you know, as well. So I knew that I could get a sense of others, not just those, but, you know, people, you know, people in society, mm-hmm. you know, people that I knew. I could get a sense of them. I could feel things from them. I could pick up on things, you know, about them as well. And it just started from there. You know, also, I would know when the phone was going to ring, let's say before. That sounds very cliche, but that's the way these things can start for a lot of people as well. You have a feeling when the doorbell is going to ring in advance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say a few minutes before. You have a feeling who's going to be on the other side of that, you know, phone call or that door mm-hmm. as well. You have a feeling, you know, to watch out where you're going. There might right. be something like good there. You might see somebody from a distance in the street and you get a feeling that maybe I shouldn't get too close. Mm. I should cross the street on the other side. I'm not getting a good vibration or a good sense about that person or these people or whatever. Or the opposite. You you see somebody and you get a very good feeling about them. You get a good sense about something and it turns out to be true, you know, as well. And that's the way it was for me, you know, a lot at the beginning. Again, as a small you know, child and youth, and I would get a sense from people from about other things as well, you know, around them or with them. And I would do beatings, you know, you know, for people that I knew, friends, extended people in school or whatever, because they would just come over me. Mm. And obviously I was hitting, you know, the right thing because they would say, yes, that's true. This is true. That's true. I said, is there like someone who passed that's like a sister or in your family recently? And they say, yes, that's right. Or you had an argument, you know, with your friend or your, or your <laughs> girlfriend or whatever. And say, yeah, just how did you know that? How you know, did you know that? Was, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so I was constantly being attuned empathically you know, to others without even trying. Mm-hmm. It was just something that was there, you know, also. So I learned to tap into that, to develop, you know, to open to that, 
and to grow, you know, with it, you know, as well, to the point where I started to be able to work professionally in 2002, you know, with this. And I felt ready. I got a lot of mentorship and teaching and help from a lot of the people from, again, from Queen Psychic Club and people that I met or whatever also. And I studied a great deal. I learned a lot. I learned to hold my intuition more and more. You know, I went to places that, you know, were for this purpose, you know, the, the magical child in Manhattan when it was there, for instance, a very famous, you know, occult, you know, shop mm-hmm. is there, the Edgar Casey Foundation right. also, you know, the ARE, the Association for Enlightenment and Research as well in the city. You know, so I would go there, you know, as well, learn from that, you know, bookstops here and there that were around. I would go into those places also, learn there by books. You know, I taught myself a great deal, too. I opened myself up to it as well. And the more I did, the more I connected. And then around 2002, a friend of mine, one of the mediums said, you know, you're ready. We just happened to meet by happenstance in the street again, another synchronicity. And um, on a corner, she said, you know, you're ready. At this point, you've learned enough or whatever. I'm going to get you in connection with a friend of mine in Long Island who runs the Eyes of Learning. Wow. Metaphysical organization. <clears throat> and the Eyes of Learning is the oldest metaphysical organization in, in Long Island. Wow. They're currently celebrating their 35th year at this, you know, at this, with this year. And Elaine Resnick was the founder, co-founder okay. of the Eyes of Learning. And they used to have monthly events or twice monthly events. They still do, actually. Hmm. And they hold, you know, um, what they call... Uh, festivals, which are psychic fairs, what they call them spring festivals or fall festivals twice a year, you know, in Levittown Hall, you know, in Hicksville, Long Island. That is their home base you know, for all these years. And they hold these diet fairs there. Many psychics go there to do readings. They have lots of vendors. They have speakers, you know, throughout the course of the day. You know, very exciting, you know, you know, energy there and lots of psychics come to do readings. People go there to have readings, to buy interesting things, etc. Hear the lecturers, psychics, mediums, you know, the speakers, the whole list of all different things. So we, I just did that like about what, two weeks ago almost. Wow. And yeah. for the spring, for the spring festival, mm-hmm. I always volunteer every year. So she got me connected with Elaine Resnick. She said they'd like to have new people start out there. So I did my first, you know, psychic fair or festival ever in November of 2002, there are the eyes of learning. And from there, I started meeting professionally. And I took off you know, ever since. Wow. Wow. That's um, incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when Spirit knew I was ready, they presented the right person. Again, I wasn't looking for it. We met in the street by accident. And she, you know, felt it and she connected me and it opened the door for them. I've been reading all over the place and doing lectures and events ever since and helping a lot of people along the way and connecting with spirit and learning more and more because you never stop learning with this. Never. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, Tim, we got to hit the street more often. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to. (laughs) (laughs) Road trip. Just pick a street, any street, man. I don't need to. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you, do, you, do you find yourself uh, fishing people's sentences and conversations? And are there any things that you do before you go out in public as far as protection and shielding yourself? Oh, certainly, absolutely. That is essential 
you must always uh, protect yourself every time. You know, before you get out there and do readings or, you know, go on friends, speak to the public or whatever, because one is open. And when you're open, yes, you're open to the positive energies and the good vibrations, but unfortunately, you're also open to the negative, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. as well. You know, so it is absolutely most important. You, you, you have to protect yourself. And that, you know, you do your intent, you know, to be protected by your spirits, that your guides, your helpers, your angels. Um, there are, you know, you invoke you know, certain things, at least I do anyway, I do prayers, and also a protection for mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. to higher power, you know, to, uh, to Jesus Christ, the Blessed Mother, to my angels, you know, as well, my spirit guides, uh, I protect myself greatly with the white light, you know, mm -hmm. also the environment as well, because that is real, and you put your intent and your belief into that protection, and that will be, you know, you will be surrounded in the white light to allow no negatives to come in. And during the course of this experience, you protect yourself, your client, or, you know, your people that are in the audience or so, the environment that you're in as well. And, you know, it works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you thank them afterward, you know, as well for their protection and for their blessings and for the help that they provided during the course of any experience that you have, you know, also because they are there. They are there. They will let you know that they're there. And they're the ones that provide the messages, the experiences, you know, that you have, you know, during these times of events or experiences. Mm -hmm. I find myself doing that more and more, especially when I go out in public. You know, I put, my, I put myself in my personal bubble and just kind of like block yeah. everything out. But but there's some events and some things happen that kind of take you out of that bubble. Like you know, for instance, your 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 car getting hit in the parking lot, you know, no, <laughs> and then you have yeah, you're, you're forced it. to come yeah. out of that bubble for a while, which which is very <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we have to put put the uh, bubble around the car next time. Yeah, I have to make my bubble bigger. <laughs> oh yes, I saw that for a bit. I was quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that was. <laughs> and and she said she you know backed it in my car. Now I don't think he backed in my car. He sideswiped my car and then he bounced off and went into the door too. You know, because oh. she the initial oh, impact was the fender, and then she bounced off, and then she went into the door, because that's what it looked like, mm. you know, from the damages and stuff. I'm like, there's no damage on your bump back bumper. You didn't back into my car, and I was <laughs> stupid enough, you know, I didn't think to look at the front of her vehicle, because she pulled into a parking spot, you know. And then I when see, the insurance I company see. came, I said, no, there's no damage to the car, but dummy me didn't look at the front of her car, you know. So. Um. Mm-hmm. I know the energies have been quite, you know, volatile lately for mm -hmm. things to be happening. You know, this when you least expect it, so one must be extra aware, extra vigilant, and extra protective at this time period. Also, there's some wild energies happening about in the last several weeks, or the last several months, but it seems to be increasing lately, mm -hmm. you know, once again. And um, one has to be super attuned you know, to things. And in order to try to prevent this or be aware as much as possible, it's just something that's in the atmosphere, mm. you know, lately. Mm. And again, because I'm sensitive as well, you know, I am always, you know, aware and vigilant, you know, of these things as well, too. So it's just 
it's it's an interesting spring all of a sudden. I mean, even the weather is going haywire yeah. as well, too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, right now. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, we do, you know, we have to be aware of these things and try to protect ourselves as much as possible. And because I also do para, uh, paranormal investigations as well, mm-hmm. you must absolutely be very protective. You know, mm-hmm. while oh, yeah. you're doing one of those investigations, because you never know what you might be getting in contact with. Mm. Right. Very true. That's what I, I was talking to Virginia earlier this this afternoon and this morning, late this morning, and she said the same thing you just did. It's 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 a time where people, the energy is just all mixed up and things are happening, and you got to be more aware of your, of your surroundings and 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 you know, be more in tune to what's around you because things mm. are happening now. Yeah. Oh, yes, very true. Things are breaking down, you know, things like my car, my car for some reason now doesn't start out of nowhere. This just happened Sunday. I was using it for half of the week and Friday, Saturday, everything was just lovely, no problem. I had it repaired, you know, fairly recently. You know, I had it a tune-up, it had everything brand new. Suddenly I went, you know, to use it for Sunday and it, ju- it would start, but it wouldn't move. It just won't start now, you know, properly. And then, oh my goodness, and I had no inkling of anything, you know, going wrong with right. it. It just happened out of nowhere. I called the AAA person. He came. You know, he thought it could be the battery. Maybe it just needs a boost. But he put, you know, things there in the clamps or whatever. And, but the car started just normally. You know, it has full power. The lights come on. The radio can come on. It, you can sound like it normally does. It just won't click for the engine to, you know, to start. He didn't know what to do, you know, either. So I was to take it to the garage. I said, well, you know, I'll leave it. I have my own mechanic person. So I connected with that person. So hopefully Thursday or whatever, I mean, get to have a look at that and see because it happened out of nowhere. And other things that have been happening around you as well. It's been a very trying time mm-hmm. as well. But one has to have, you know, as a friend of mine who's a wonderful psychic, you know, said to me recently, one has to be in a state of grace and ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pretty much do, you know, or else you get very annoyed. There's there's three uh, planetary pairs that are within six degrees of each other as we speak. You've got Sun and the Mercury, yes. uh, Saturn and Pluto, and Venus with Uranus. Uh, mm, the the latter of which, you know, thins the veil, which is the good news, you know. Saturn and Pluto yes. is kind of a kind of a tough um, pairing. And, uh, you know, Sun and Mercury can go either way. It's really about communication, you know, uh, but they're right. neither one of Yes, and Uranus is always a predictable planet, you know, yeah. as well. Yeah. You never know. And then, yeah, the, I know the Saturn and Pluto, you know, angle there, you know, conjunction there, it's also going to be connecting with Neptune mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well, too. Yeah. And Neptune is the planet of psychism mm-hmm. and metaphysics, yeah. you know, as well. So that has a positive or a negative, because, again, those two planets are heavyweights, Saturn and Pluto. But it goes to your point about, you know, grace and and good expectations, you know, uh, because you kind of have to. grace and ease. Grace and ease, because she said, you know, right now the energies are, you know, running amok, especially here in New York City. And she's not from New York. You know, she's mm. happened to travel for a week or so and did some events here and some private readings. And the moment she came off of the place, she said, oh, my God, what's going on here in New York City especially? <laughs> right. oh, what is this? You know, there's yeah. such chaos. Yeah. And a few things went, you know, off for her, you know, a place where she was going to utilize, 
ill for readings or so didn't work out. A place where she was going to stay. It just for, fell up. It just out of north towards the end there. You know, didn't work out. So she had to scramble. She and her assistant to find a new place to stay for the week or so while she was here. Literally, practically, you know, on the last day practically. But they managed to secure you know something. But that was very nerve you know rattling you know for her as well. But that was just one experience she had. You know, because that came out of nowhere. And but because she is so gifted and has so much experience with this, she knew what to do. And she travels the world you know, doing beatings and doing events and lectures or so. And so she knows what to do. She came into this new space and immediately she cleared, you know, the energy. So, you know, as we met, we went up to, you know, her, you know, her place where she's staying. And as soon as she opened the door, there was such a sense of calm mm. and clarity. And I sensed it immediately. She said, oh my God, <gasps> this feels so peaceful here and so good. I said, I said, yes, because as soon as I arrived, the first thing I did was I set the intent. Mm. And I cleared the space to have it, you know, in a state of calm and positive energy and a place of serenity. Mm. You know, while I'm staying here and because I'm having people come here that I'm doing private readings for, it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. And because she has all those connections so spiritually, she was able to accomplish that. And it was a wonderful experience just to be in that environment, at least in that, you know, in that room there mm. or that apartment there, because it, you, you could feel the difference. It was a safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, safe spaces are good. There is a speaking of safe spaces. There's been a lot of talk about this upcoming full moon, which I think is four days from now, eighteenth, uh, nineteenth. Yeah, uh, eighteenth. Scorpio full moon, and and there's a lot of talk about this. This is where the transition comes. You know, the closer we get into warmer weather and things of that nature, at least here in the states, that. Um, yeah. You know, this uh, will be the time that all the stuff that we've been going through, really since uh, around January or February, you know, will will uh, kind of uh, put put us in the place that we deserve to be in. When, now that we've had to uh, retossle all the all the baggage that's come up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> over and over and over again. Uh, but you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Now, you know, and for me to say that. You know, it takes a lot for me to say something like yeah. that. <laughs> because no, they always no, say, well, oh, no, we got graceful stuff coming up, and it, and it doesn't, you know. So I'll believe yes, it when I Yes, I've been reading about that as well. You know, the full moon is Scorpio. It's going to be 28 degrees. Yeah. You know, from uh, a full moon is uh, May 18th. It does, in a very positive aspect, even Saturn and Pluto will be very, you know, helpful, mm-hmm. you know, with this full moon as well. And it's supposed to be very sweet, good, you know, you know, happy energy. You know, things will fall into place or good things will be coming, you know, with all of this. Mm-hmm. So we certainly need it because there's a very rough cycle that we've been going through lately. Yeah. And because, you know, um, what is it? Um, Taurus went into a route. Oranus went into Taurus as well recently, like last month yeah. or so. Well, that and, was and, a big shift. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the Pluto-Saturn uh, conjunction is in Taurus within four degrees or something like that. So, yeah, there has been that aspect, uh, yeah, which heavy. will change. Yeah, and the full moon will will take that heaviness away. Uh, oh so my we, God, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. We use it. I've, 
a few things have been hitting a little hard here. My mother's health has not been the best right now mm-hmm. because she recently had to get a new um, regimen of medication. So the adjustment to the new medication hasn't been so pleasant. Mm-hmm. So she's having a few issues there. So I'm keeping aware of her. My car died, you know, also there. So yeah. there are concerns you know, yeah. here that I've been dealing with here and there. And it's, oh my God, you know, but again, I know, you know, that I have to handle things gracefully, you know, be positive, calm, be clear, because you have to be clear, you have to be present in order to be able to think, yeah. you know, things and see things properly as they are, not over-exaggerate them. Mm. Right. But those aspects have a big, you know, influence on us. They one sure that a do. lot of people realize. Mm. I'll be glad when this, this is over, because the energy <laughs> is just all, all out of whack. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it yeah. really has. Yeah. yeah. The spring started very nicely. It was quite lovely for a bit. It, you know, better, the best started to spring in several, at least four or five mm. years. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Huh? Yes, but then April came, and then it just seemed to kind of hit the fan. Yeah, yeah back to winter again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My goodness, it was a really interesting time. I even caught a bit of the flu, which I'm not prone to. Oh, wow. And then, unfortunately... Yes, and I haven't, you know, and I took the flu shot because I work mainly, I work at a hospital as my full-time job, oh. so you have to have the flu shot, uh-huh. and um, and I'm a very healthy person, I'm not prone to catching colds or flu or whatever, but this one kind of got to me a bit from running around mm-hmm. a bit. Unfortunately, my mother caught it because we live together, and at her age, she's elder, you know, that's hard for an older person to have to deal with as well, mm-hmm. and this strain, you know seems to be a long-lasting, lingering variety. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to overcome Yeah, as they say, well. They say you can get sick from the flu shot, actually get the flu from it. Yeah, I do. That's why I haven't had one. You know, I'll, I'll, had I'll, one. I'll take my chances after having yeah. a couple of those. Yeah. yeah but that's me, no, though. It you know, helps for a lot yes, of people. It worked, it worked well for a while because I took it in October, so mm-hmm. it worked you know, throughout the winter, luckily. Oh, you know, you I go. didn't get sick. You know, at all, or it was, you know, so I was lucky there just now, it seems, but many people have come down, you know, with this, you know, it seems to be a bit of an epidemic, you know, also. So it's it's been an interesting time and looking forward for the spring to finally settling and for these energies astrologically also to turn to the positive as well. Mm -hmm. We will all benefit from it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, we've just been saying it's the, the kind of year where eventually, and hopefully eventually is, you know, from this coming full moon and beyond, where you can say, you know, I went through all the, the stuff that I had to go through so I could be here now, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we could uh, get the sense that we've we've really earned whatever uh, graces are truly coming our way uh, so that we oh, can believe we've earned them, true. you know. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely true. You guys ready to take a break? Sure, buddy. Yeah. Sure, cool. I'm ready if you are. <laughs> All right. You are listening to the Supernatural Realm, and I want to remind the listeners that uh, they could join in chat, Supernatural Realm Radio, on the Discord app. Just sign in and uh, be part of the show. Ask your questions and interact with, with us here on, on the Supernatural Realm Radio Show. We'll be right cool. back right after this. You're listening to WCT.FM, talk radio like no other. 
What is the supernatural realm exactly? Why do people have paranormal or mystical experiences? There's some science behind it they're not looking at. Why do some people have negative encounters and others don't? What are the best methods to use and is there some new truth to them? We'll ask these questions on the hit radio show, Supernatural Realm with Tim Roxbury, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with your co-host Chip Reichenthal. Supernatural Realm, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 to 9 Eastern, leading into Michael Vera's Late Night in the Midlands at 9, right here on WCETFM, because that's where the action is. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. This is author Edward F. Becker. My success was 1-800-RENA-GHOST has been such that I have a whole new enterprise. It is for those that are out there thinking, man, I can't wait for that zombie apocalypse. Well, I have the answer for you. Dial 1-800-ONA-ZOMBIE. You'll be the center of attention wherever you go. What a surprise those Jehovah's Witnesses will get when they knock on your door. Are you the black sheep of the family? Just think of the terror you can bring to the next family gathering. I'll bet you never knew bad old Uncle Ned could jump tables and run so fast. Or, take your zombie to the next high school reunion. Have you ever seen a zombie twerk or do the Harlem Shake? And then go after all those a-holes that made fun of you in high school. A-hole. Laid off from your executive job? Take your special friend to the boardroom to help you say farewell to your boss. You will add a whole new meaning to budget cuts. Neighbors giving you a problem making noise? Introduce them to your new pal and stand back because all will be quiet very soon. Hey guys, this is my zombie. You'll be waiting for the next a-hole to look at you and say, fight me. Because anyone who gives you the finger really does give you the finger. Dial 1-800-ON-A-ZOMBIE. Order now and get the new book, Sewing on Limbs Can Be Creative. Not responsible for infectious disease, death, mayhem, severed limbs, cannibalism, coronary loss, insanity, nor that god-awful stench. And one more thing, there will be no returns. <laughs> Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Kindness Beyond the Veil, even in the darkest realms and mysteries, good things happen. Kind, even loving things in the paranormal, psychic world, extraterrestrials, mystical healing, light workers, starseeds, things that have astounded us since the beginning of time do have a Monday side to them. And we'll show you on Kindness Beyond the Veil every Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with your host, Chip Reichenthal. Leading into Michael Vera's Late Night in the Midlands show at 9 Eastern, making Mondays worthy of looking forward to right here on WCETFM because that's where the action is. At Armstrong, we're proud of the great customer service we provide. Our hard work has been nationally recognized. Armstrong has received the 2012 Best Customer Service Award for service excellence among independent cable operators. From our blue booties to our 24-7 support, our customer service sets us apart from other providers. That's the Armstrong experience. 
Armstrong. One wire, infinite possibilities. And welcome back to the Supernatural Realm on www.latenightinthemidlands.com. Also on 101.7 Talk Talk Columbia Talk in Columbia, South Carolina. Chip, are you there, buddy? Uh, I am, my friend. Uh, we're having a marvelous day here on, on Supernatural Realm with our wonderful guest, D. Colin, uh, also professionally known as D. Angelus Colin, uh, our honored guest today. Boy, we've been really going around the map with her, uh, talking about all sorts of wonderful things regarding uh, psychic ability and, and some uh, paranormal uh, and uh, even interdimensional and extraterrestrial uh, sensitivities. Beautiful day here. Yeah, it's been it's been a fast one hour for sure. My goodness, right. it, just, it just flew by. Yeah, especially if we stay out of our cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay away from our cars and just stay home or something, man. That's Don't go right, anywhere, man. you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, home is always a yes, good thing. Cars have been fascinating. Cars <laughs> have been fascinating lately. Mm, yeah, right. more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally didn't make any money on that one because, of, you know, volunteering at the senior center, you know. <laughs> and then that happened. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's the only place I went today. In the, yesterday, it's like, bang. Well, I just have to thank you from the bottom of my heart for not taking an advantage of that by saying that no good deed goes unpunished. Because you know, that's one of my pet peeve phrases. There. <laughs> yeah. Want to? I want to find the person who first said that. You know? I know, right? I want to, yeah, track them down, dead or alive, and just find them. <laughs> yeah, I could have easily yeah. went, you Thanks, know, accepted Mitchell. that mentality yesterday, but I didn't. Right, yeah, so. but you didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing, so I have to commend you for that. Give credit where credit is due. That's it. So, Dave, what else did you want to uh, cover today? I mean, we, we went pretty much all over the map, and like Chip said, we went we went everywhere the first hour. So is there any direction well, you want to go? Uh, yes, let's see, because I've done a few things, you know, lately. Uh, in fact, I did a paranormal investigation. Cool. You know, uh, so that'd be of interest. And that was just about, what, a month ago, a little over a month ago or so. And I went to a historic residence known as the Morris Jumel Mansion. Oh, that sounds familiar. Uh, Where is that? Yes. It's located in Upper Manhattan. Okay. It is the oldest private residence still in existence. Wow. 
in in Manhattan, and it's up by the what is it the one forty thirty one forty second one forty third street around that area up there, wow. you know, and not too far from Columbia Hospital. Oh. Yeah. So that area up there, mm-hmm. and there's this house that they have preserved. It is now a museum, but it comes from what the 18th century, oh, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the Morris Jumel Mansion was owned uh, by a gentleman uh, by the name of what was it? I his name escapes me. Obviously Morris. They were the ones yeah. that he and his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was like way back when the 17, 17 something, so 17 mid 17th. Mm-hmm. There and uh, so they lived in the house for a while, then they sold it, and then they sold it to a wealthy couple by the name of Eliza Jumel, you know, and she was married to former Vice President Aaron Burr. Okay, yeah, I knew that name sounded familiar. Okay, so they had, you know, bought the residence there. They were well-known people and socialites of that era there. They were wealthy, Mm -hmm. you know, business people, especially Eliza from her first husband or so. He was in business, and she was also someone who was ahead of her time. Mm -hmm. And she was very good in business and industry as well, and then he passed away. Mm -hmm. And then she inherited, you know, the the money or so and lived in the house until she passed away. I think she was almost 90 or so when she died. Wow. Wow. You know, at that point there. Yeah, that's impressive and for that, that time period. Yeah. Yes, it certainly was. He was a very strong-willed, fascinating person. And then she married, you know, Aaron Burr, who actually pursued her. And then because of his status or so, whatever, she kind of like relented. She wasn't really too crazy about him, from what I learned. <laughs> but they were married, but they lived there in the mansion. But then they were divorced, you know, not too long afterward. Apparently, Aaron Burr was off, you know, using her money, oh. you know, basically, and having an affair or two somewhere, wow. you know, as well. And when she found out about that, that was the end of that marriage because he was, you know, really, you know, squeezing the money out of her. So she got a divorce, you know, from him. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is back in that time, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a lot. You know, I mean, that says a lot, you know, you didn't see yeah, a lot absolutely. of divorces in the in the, uh, you know, mid-1700s. In the, 19th, in the 19th century, this is more in the 1800s when this occurred or so. This is more in the 19th century or so. And, but she was an interesting person, and she didn't come, she was, you know, the, she was a socialite, but she wasn't well, well regarded. Apparently she was born out of wedlock. Mm. And at that time period, you know, those wealthier, you know, affluent classes, you know, frowned upon people who were mm-hmm. not proper. Right. But she still was, you know, a wealthy person and did a lot and accomplished a lot. And um, so then she, she passed away, you know, after years later or so. And then the house went into disrepair for a while. But then the, the city took over or it was sold to the city. And they have maintained it as a museum now. But everything is authentic, you know, there from that period yeah. you know, of time. It's a beautiful uh, house. It's quite, it really is a mansion. It sits up on a high point there in Manhattan, one of the highest points of Manhattan, actually. It can overlook the East River oh. you know, as well. Mm-hmm. And that whole area, I think there's nothing left but like an acre and a half or so. So they've preserved that area there. There's some lovely you know, buildings there, again, from the affluent classes of that period. Mm-hmm. But you go into that particular area there when you leave, you know, the avenue there from the next, you know, Avenue St. Nicholas Avenue there, you walk in there, and it's like, it's a different time. It's like, it's like from mm-hmm. another era. Right. <laughs> it's like, 
no, truly, it's in its own pocket, yeah. you know, there, and that's preserved there. You go in there, you say, oh, my God, what is this? You can feel the energy change, the vibration changes, because mm-hmm. everything now looks from the 18th, 19th century. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. in that neighborhood you know, there. So it's a complete shift, and it's incredible to experience. So I went there on investigation. They hold, I think, twice a month or so for the public. You know, there, I invited my friend as well, Dr. Barbara Warren, to come with me. Uh, Barbara's a psychologist, Mm -hmm. but she's also a person who's interested, you know, in the paranormal and these things. So she brings her perspective, you know, as a a, a psychologist. Well, that's that's refreshing, you know, to hear that. Yes, yes. So we were there amongst, you know, 25 people or so for the course of the evening. And we all sat there in the main living room there. And it was fascinating. You get a little bit of the history of the place, of, of, of course, of the people that lived there. George Washington used it as a, in a post, you know, for a time period during the, the war, the war mm-hmm. of Manhattan, the mm-hmm. war of Long Island or so, you know, this. So he had been in the home. He was obviously friends with Aaron Burr and knew, you know, Eliza Jumel. Mm-hmm. And he actually spent a week, you know, wow. living there and using it as a headquarters. Wow. So we got to see the bedroom where President Washington had stayed during his time you know, there, and they had, you know, luminaries there, you know, during that time period. And Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton, you know, oh. had spent time there in the mansion as well. You know how famous he's become because of the play, Hamilton? Sure. Yeah, right. And like, Aaron Burr was the one who shot him. Right. You know, and during the duel. You know, so, they, but prior to that, they knew each other. So a lot of luminaries, you know, had spent time, you know, of that era, you know, in that mansion. And so it carries a lot of energy with it. And after those people have passed away, there's a history of hauntings and experiences oh. that people have seen apparitions, have felt things. Some people died there, you know, as well. You know, also uh, a soldier, you know, fell down the stairs from the third level, oh. you know, there from the landing there and died, oh. you know, there, for instance. Uh, one of the servants there hung herself on the third oh, level. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, also, so it has quite a history as well. And because of that, people, whether they work there or visit there, whatever, from time to time, have experienced phenomenon. Well, I can imagine. In so the it, environment. With, with, with your sensitivities, did you pick up on any of the energies of the persons that you mentioned? Um, what I, mm-hmm. Well, what I picked up there, Chip, basically was... Because I heard something at the beginning. There's so much happening there. I didn't get you know, the beginning there. And downstairs, I didn't hear that that much. So we went about doing an investigation. They all gave us, you know, an EMF, re- you know, recorder mm-hmm. so that we could, you know, utilize, you know, you know, for that work. And we went about the first floor. And with this particular um, event that they hold, they actually allow people to go into the rooms, oh. which I wasn't expecting <laughs> because... No, I wasn't. I didn't realize that because usually during the regular hours of the museum, those right. things are cordoned off. You yeah. can go into a certain point, but they are cordoned off. They have to protect the furniture because everything is authentic. Mm-hmm. But for the paranormal investigations event, they actually allow people to go into each room and and, and investigate. Wow. I was stunned. And you must be careful, of course, and they have people watching, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. But everybody was lovely and well-behaved. No one touched anything or whatever. It was fascinating. So when we arrived on the second floor, you know, I was there and I was suddenly drawn, you know, to the stairwell landing of that leads from the second to the third level. 
and for some reason something kept pulling me, you know, there, okay. you know, to that, you know, to that staircase there, and then wanting to look up. Now the third floor does not have access to the public. It's mm. only the first and second floors and the basement. Okay. But the basement there was, is the kitchen. You know, so that's where the servants used to work. Yeah. You know, and the meals were prepared or so, etc. There, so you do have access to that, but the third floor does not have access. Uh, that because they store things there, whatever is private, who knows what else is up there as well. Mm. But um, for some reason, I was drawn, you know, to that stair when I kept looking upward. I tried to inch my way up a bit, even though it was kind of caught enough of it, just to look because something kept drawing me up there, just kept drawing me up there. I said, oh my goodness. And, you know, my friend Barbara was noticing that I was inching my way over there. I couldn't take my eyes, you know, and my attention mm. away from the third level. So there was an energy that I was being drawn to, you know, there mm. for some unexplicable reason, except that I knew something significant mm. is, is in this space. And I wish I could go up there. I wanted to go up there, but they don't allow it. And then they started telling us about, well, the third floor, there was, this is the stairwell here that the soldier unfortunately tripped and fell oh, and right. broke his neck. Oh, okay. Oh, and wow. then, oh my God. Okay. They had said that before previously in the course of the evening. I just didn't catch it. Right. But, um, I didn't hear it at all because there was so much happening around. But then, you know, the, oh, my God. And then, and then upstairs, you know, one of the servants, a, a lady, you know, hung herself from one of the beams. Yeah, that, was that the, the third, third floor, too, the servant? That was the third floor as well, exactly. Wow. So my attention kept being drawn up there. Like, I wanted to get up there. You know, I, I really wanted to get up there and see if there was something connecting somehow. Right. But then I understood, you know, why I was being drawn so strongly, you know, to that. You know, so, you know, that was an experience I had there. And then we went into Eliza Jumel's room. I tried to do an EVP because I brought my own, oh. you know, recorder. You go, girl. With me. And, well, with the years of paranormal investigation, you take your own equipment. You know, right. I brought my camera. I brought, you know, my mm -hmm. EVP recorder, my tape recorder as well, or digital recorder at this time, no longer tape. Um, so I tried to do a session there with a group of people there, but... As usual, with these things at times, with paranormal investigations, the thing didn't really want to work properly. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially when there, there's I, that kind of energy. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'm in the middle of the room asking questions you know, to Spirit to see if there was anyone there, there was any activity I could catch on you know, the digital recorder. That seemed to be working. I just put fresh batteries in when we arrived. Into the mansion as well, because that's the, that's one thing you have to do. You must always have fresh batteries in all nice. of this equipment. Yeah. Your cameras, radios, video, etc., audio, etc. Always have fresh batteries. You know, mm -hmm. good electrical charge. Right. So I did that, and then I tried to play back, and then nothing really wanted to happen. So that had never happened before. I've used this digital recorder several times, mm -hmm. you know, as well, yeah. and that was unexpected. An experience there was, I was frustrated. I can't believe this. This thing is not <laughs> playing back. Yeah. Everything was perfectly here. You know, it was working before. It wouldn't work. Then afterward, when we left, then the thing decided to want to work normally. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, fine. Again. Just fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we've been through that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know. you know. See, and I think exactly. overall, it's, it's just a reminder to make sure that you tip your servers, you know, <laughs> yeah, your, exactly. your waiters and waitresses, because you don't know what kind of impact 
not tipping them would have, you know. So well, it's very, it's very, very true, very true. So now I have to listen to back to that again because I have to because I like to listen to these things a few times to see if I captured something, mm-hmm. okay. you know. So I have to go back to. I took pictures, of course. I have to review them. I reviewed them the first time. I have to review them again to see, you know. Also, there's something there, you know. But your know, paranormal investigations are like that. You know, you never know what's going to happen. It can be completely unpredictable. No matter how well prepared you are, no matter how well experienced you are, you never. Never know what's going to happen when you are in the presence of spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've I've had experiences, you know, going to different places, and I went with this group from Ohio. We went to Waverly Hills, and oh. and we yes. it took us till eight o'clock. We got the the uh, tour done, and then we started setting up our cameras, and then I was helping uh, one of the lead investigators of the other group set up his system. And something happened that he couldn't get it connected up and it was getting later and later mm-hmm. and, and he was getting frustrated with me because I was helping him. But it, it turned out, you know, we didn't get too much uh, coverage on it because it was like two, almost two in the morning before we actually got things mm-hmm. connected. And by that time, it was almost time to wrap it up for the night. So, mm. you know. Yes, you, yes. You, I know it can be frustrating work at times. But but we did go down in into the death tunnel, and mm-hmm. as soon as we we walked in, we walked a couple feet into the into it, down you know and started down the steps, and we heard this banging, like like there was a metal steel gate, opening closing, yeah, because it was like a little windy outside, and we get down there and mm-hmm. the thing's like welded shut and it's rusted and there's no way it could have been opening by itself and banging, but. We certainly heard yes, it upstairs, yes. you know, up above, you know, the top. It was just weird. It was crazy things going on there. No, it is, and those things can happen. It's unpredictable. So it, it reminds me of an investigation I did several years ago. It was mm-hmm. 2010 or so at Bailey Seaton Mental, a psychiatric hospital in Staten right. Island. Mm-hmm. And. I, and that's a big structure, you know, there. Yeah. And we did two investigations there. It was from an, um, a paranormal team based in Staten Island at the time that invited, you know, some of us to go. There was like 40 people there. So I went. Uh, my friend Victor Furman, who's another uh, investigator, went mm-hmm. you know, as well from Paranormal Investigations in New York City, the team that we are affiliated here in New York. Mm-hmm. So we kind of represented them, you know, cool. there. And then my dear friend Al Willen, who is also a second uh, a paranormal investigator of like over 40 years or more, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years or so, you know, was there. And he and his wife, Mary Ellen, were there. It's the first time I ever met them. In fact, uh-huh. we met there, you know, and he is a very gifted uh, paranormal investigator and demonologist. Mm, yeah. Also. Heard some real good and, things about him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he knew, you know, he had a wealth of experience. Mm-hmm. And he knew how to do these things, you know, for so many years or so. And I was blessed to meet Al there you know, as well. We became very good friends with him. Unfortunately, he passed away recently on March the 30th of this year. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. It was, it was very sudden. We were all, you know, very much taken aback by that because it just came out of nowhere. And I had just seen him two weeks before. He was just fine. He seemed lovely, just fine, mm-hmm. you know, and... 
unfortunately he was taken, you know, you know, on March 30th. So we are all very, very deeply affected by that. He was a, a, a blessing to everyone. He was a gift to the world. He was a phenomenal paranormal investigator and demonologist. I mean, he worked along with people such as um, Zaffis, Johnny Zaffis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as a consultant, you know, with him, he was highly mm-hmm. respected. Right. You know, for many, you know, well-known investigators, he collaborated with them or so. So this is a major loss yeah. you know, to the paranormal community, wow. you know, for us. Oh, that's so but sad. Was, you know, so we're dealing with it. You know, we're dealing with it. You know, but he was one of a kind, a true treasure. Mm-hmm. But he was there. We got to meet there. He was wonderful. And we investigated the place. And in regards to things unpredictable or so, um, people were taking pictures or so in one area there, and then afterward, when the pictures came through, it was revealed that, and I happened to be lucky, that was in the photo, you know, as well, among some other people there, and there was a young man who was behind me in one of the rooms, and there was a photo of an entity right right next to his shoulder. Ooh. And the And the being looked like something that it looked like something like like an octopus type of apparition. Okay. And it, and it was there on his shoulder. And I remember him, and all of us remember him saying that when he was in that room, he started feeling like strange and like drained, you know, mm. during the actual experience. But again, through the visible eye, you couldn't see anything. Right. But once the picture came through, there was this being there, like a yellowish golden color, right on his shoulder, you know, right there. And we were all stunned by that. And Al, and this was just in March, we were actually at a meeting with Al, and he said, yeah, he, yeah remember that we did an investigation? He said, we saw the picture. He said, I saw that picture, and that, that is a being of a certain type, and that is an entity with a certain name that, has, mm-hmm. that looks kind of like an octopus-like figure or so, mm-hmm. and there are energies, the elementals that are known to have that kind of characteristic and that structure. So he, could, he identified it you know, wow. when he saw it. Mm-hmm. I said, oh my goodness, I know that's impressive, you know, that, you know, that there is such a thing. And so at times when you least expect it, you can capture on video or audio some incredible, you know, beings and incredible things. Wow. Yeah, and it makes sense, especially in, in a place known for being a mental hospital, you know. I yes. used to, I worked with schizophrenics at one point, you know, and at the time I was had some mediumistic ability and there's such a thin yes. line you know i couldn't talk about you know here i am hearing and talking to dead people and i'm i'm working with schizophrenics who you know might be doing the same thing for all we know but if it's them you know they get like severely punished for stuff like that you know uh, heavily medicated yes. or put in straitjackets or whatever and, and it's a very thin line and and that but you know and and, and, and T- timmy and i both have investigated in in some uh, places that were known as, as mental hospitals, and it's it's kind of it's a really different kind of energy, especially if uh, there was a a significant amount of time when the staff was mm-hmm. you know understaffed and overwhelmed, and yeah. uh, you know yeah. and where bad things tend to happen, you know it's that Stanford experiment type of you know bad things, where well, you know course. it becomes this power struggle, uh, and and shameful things happen, you know. So, no, yeah. absolutely, because it's it's the people that are there, the patients are open. They're able to, because of this, they're in an altered state mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. being. Yeah. And because of they vibrate on a different level, 
than the majority of people who are supposedly sane or normal, as it is called. Yeah. But, but you know, the autistic as well, they are able to perceive. Right. You know, see, that's why they're so highly sensitive. And they yeah. can't, a lot of them, you know, they can't have people touching them or uh, they have the voice stimulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're vibrating on a higher level and they are able to perceive and connect with things or those things can connect with them and they are able to con- see them yeah. or and hear them because they are vibrating on a different light, on a, on a higher, faster frequency. Yeah, and thank you for saying that, by the way. As, as a matter of fact, I believe it's this coming Thursday, Tim, where we have Susie Miller on here. Yes, yes, yes. 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 She's got a program called Awesomeism and she's been working with uh, people especially kids in the autism spectrum, you know, but she sees them in much the same way you just described them, mm-hmm. you know, as yes. uh, higher functional, mm-hmm. not not some sort of in, infirmed people. She, you know, as starseeds or indigo children or right. uh, people that, that have such sensitivities that they get overloaded very easily and that's why they shut down often enough, you know. And yes. rather than a disability, it's more of a super ability. Super ability, right. Exactly, exactly. It's just because they're living in this world, which vibrates in a lower frequency or so, mm-hmm. it's difficult for them. And it's difficult for others who you know, live you know, in this lower frequency to be able to understand, to comprehend, and to connect with them except for the few who are able to study about this and, you know, academically and and medically who have their way of working with them, you know, to a certain degree. And a lot of those people, once they do work with the autistic, with the mentally, you know, challenged, you know, as well, start to learn from them and start to see, Mm -hmm. you know, how they are. And then they start to gain more of an empathy and an understanding Mm -hmm. of them and of the way they live and the way they exist and the vibration the way they, they feel and pick up, and then they too can start to, you know, to sense something, mm-hmm. not maybe to the same degree as the autistic or the mentally challenged, but they start to learn something, and, and they start to somehow connect in some way. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. even, I've even noticed with indigo children, they, they have a tendency to uh, be so smart and so in tune that they talk fast, and sometimes you can't follow what they're saying because their mind's going at a thousand yeah. miles an hour, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're just talking yeah. so fast that, you know, it's sometimes yeah, hard get, to keep They'll up get with slapped with a diagnosis of ADHD. Yeah. You know? yeah, my, yeah. My minds just work quicker than ours is all, you know. Yeah, my, my niece yeah. Is, is like yeah. that, and it's just like, whoa, slow down, Brit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's because they're able to, you know, to perceive right. information, more information. The average person, yeah. they're able to process it, you know, at a faster and higher rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, you know, I just love to hear, you know, even at at random, uh, people referred to as as supernormal rather than abnormal. Right. You know, anybody with these kinds of diagnoses, you know, diagnoses have a tendency to be put in that, what I call the NIMBY factor, not in my backyard, you know, we don't want any of them around here, not near us, you know, and uh, when, when, you know, to use your words, D, uh, we approach with grace and ease, you know, you can find beautiful things within these folks, you know. 
Oh, yes, of course, absolutely. <clears throat> That's what you have to do. And especially in the time period that we are now, you know, unfortunately living in, in a way, uh-huh. you know, you have to be that because there's so much chaos, commotion happening, so much negativity, mm-hmm. and we have to not, not allow ourselves to get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. We cannot we cannot become overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And it can be you know, a bit challenging or difficult, but it is the way to keep ourselves grounded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, also, and to be able to navigate you know, our way through you know, this as well. And also to live in gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as for what we have and, you know, and just be there and just be present. And that's the way we can get, get through this until these energies start to shift once again, you know, and clear, and the world becomes more in a state of positive and mm-hmm. in reality once again. Yeah, and in service to the greater good. Hey, Chip, I just, yes, I course. just, I heard wind in my, my, my right side, and I looked down and I have an empty monster can, and the thing was <laughs> shaking back and forth. Wow. Just now, I was like, whoa, mm. what's going on here? Wow. That was crazy. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it's that uh, that servant, you know, from the Morris house. <laughs> Might be something, man. It's like there's no there's no reason we, here. We were talking about her, you know, not too long ago. She's like, he's well, right. Make up- sure to serve your waiters and waitresses. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are talking about things of the spirit. Yes. We are talking about metaphysical things, and that draws mm. you know, them around us, and it draws it things to happen. It opens. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? yeah. what's going on? See, there's just magic surrounding Timmy, you know, <laughs> you know. Ever since his car got banged up, you know, there's been, you know, it's like the universe is making up for lost time, so to speak, you know. It's it's like, this is not where we want you, brother, you know. Yeah. But when you, uh, I had a question about the Staten Island uh, place that you investigated a while back. Yes, yes. And because, like, I've been to Staten Island a few times, you know, I, I mean... Uh, especially in compared to Manhattan Island, very small, uh, but yes. really surrounded by water. So I guess my question is, was this hospital near the water? Uh, fairly sp- close. Okay. Fairly close, you know, to, to the Hudson River. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I've, I've seen a, a couple of streets, you know, that, that are just down from the main drive, and you can yes. see the ocean water. Yeah, I mean, two blocks right. away, and you're going, wow, I didn't realize it was that close. And no, very true, very true. Well, this hospital is not that far, because I, I remember driving there. I had to take the Verrazano Bridge over, you know, from Brooklyn to Staten Island. Mm-hmm. And then once arriving there, it wasn't that far off. And as we know, you know, places that are saturated, mm-hmm. you know, is spirit usually or spirit activity, you can usually find large bodies of water mm-hmm. close by. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna, I was just going to ask if, 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 you know, water has something to do with the activity in a building, but you just answered that question. Well, that's why you can say, you know, you have to, what better place that proves that than New Orleans in Louisiana? Right. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Now, there's one place that is like the most, the most, probably the most haunted city, you know, in the United States. Same. I mean, it's built on on a marshland, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, and which has been seriously affected by hurricanes twice in the last, what, 15 years? Yeah. You know, I mean, um, not to mention the uh, history of voodoo and, and, and all, all these sort of the mystiques surrounding, you know, that area. Of course. I've been blessed that I've been able to go there several times because I love New Orleans. Nice. And I've been able to do some, you know, investigation to go about, you know, some of the places there. I have some friends there as well, you know, also. Cool. It's a fascinating place. And, but it, it is saturated in spirit and saturated in spirituality. And, and just like you said, Chip, it is the voodoo, you know, history there, the religion there, uh, the, the witches, the vampires, the werewolves, mm-hmm. the, the cemeteries, you mm-hmm. know, there. You know, also, the, the you know, the Lake Pochettrain is not that far, you know, from it. Mm-hmm. The Gulf of Mexico, you know, right. is right there. You know, also, that's where the hurricanes are so powerful there, when, unfortunately, when they hit, because mm-hmm. it's below sea level. You know, also, it's, it's built on a swamp. Yeah. That's why the cemeteries, you know, you cannot have below-ground burials mm-hmm. in New Orleans. You have to have them above, oh. you know, there. Because if from the past, whenever there's a flood or whatever, forget it. The dead used to just come out of their coffins, whatever, and just mm-hmm. roll right by you, in, you know, mm-hmm. in your neighborhood. I know that sounds humorous, but it was tr- it's true. Well, right. that would, it would prompt me to do the same thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the wild history. But it has even more history than that. We had, you know, this, it was touched by the Civil War. It was touched by slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, also, you know, as well, you have a lot of volatile energy and activity that happened from the past. Yeah. You had the Spanish, you had the French, mm-hmm. you know, also there. It has an incredible history that the energy crackles with all of that history, you know, there. Yeah. And the buildings, are, some of them are from that period, you know, also from the Spanish period. Yeah, very a true. few from the French. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have all these people practicing all these different belief systems and spiritualities or so. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have the music. You're the birthplace of jazz, for heaven's sake. Right. Music also is a frequency that vibrates very high. You have the emotionality mm-hmm. there as well that all combines, you know, to raise the energy there to a level of astronomical proportion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... I myself have yet to go, you know. My my mom was from Lake Pontchartrain, you know. Really? Yeah. Also, yeah, she was born outside of Houston, Texas, but moved there when she yes. was eight, I think. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, it's an incredible place. It's an incredible place. It's a marvelous place. We mm-hmm. love going there. My mother loves going to New Orleans. Yeah, you know, she loves the jazz, she loves the food, you know, she's elder, but she enjoys the vitality, you know, of the place and the energy, yeah. you know, of the whole, you know, place. It's, it's a fascinating, you know, place, really. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you know, each time that there's a hurricane there, it just increases the activity, I think. Mm. Yeah, it stirs oh, a lot of stuff there. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, certainly. I remember the first time I went, which was in 2003, mm-hmm. and I walked into a shop there that dealt, you know, with supernatural things or so, whatever there, and there was a gentleman who owned it, and he had a parrot that was like 21 years old or whatever. Wow. You know, there. And um, so we were there talking for a while, and he sold, you know, you know, tarot cards and gift items and things of that nature, sage and all those things there, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were talking for a bit, and all of a sudden, I just got the feeling there was something. I looked down to the floor, and I almost felt like the, like a shadow figure of an animal. It looked like a cat. Wow. 
but it was a shadow figure. It wasn't a real alive cat. Mm-hmm. Just walking a few steps across. And I really thought, oh my goodness, and I sat quiet for a moment as I saw this, you know, kind of this figure, like in the state of a shadow, you know, there for a, mo- for a few moments. I said, oh my God, okay, that's interesting. And then I asked Mr. Moffitt, that was his name, <laughs> Mr. Moffitt, did you have a cat or something? Or do you have a cat? And he said, no. Do you have, no, I used to have one. Yeah. And then I told him what I saw. I said, well, yes, 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 that's not uncommon. <laughs> hey, hey, Chip, road trip. Yeah, road trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, Mr. Muffet, okay. you have a cat? And I think he's a little ticked off right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the cat had been long gone. You know, had the cat had passed on a long time before. But yet that was there. I saw that presence there. I saw that. And he confirmed. And said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not alive anymore. But that, you know, that's there. That's there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was one experience I had. Another experience I had in New Orleans, which was quite interesting. This was in, let me see, we're in 2019 now. Um, this, I think, was 2017. Oh. I think maybe 2016 or so, not too long ago. I had taken a paranormal tour, you know, there because I like to do that there because there's such fascinating history. Sure. And I went up that one evening. And our tour guide, he was very knowledgeable. He took us around some of the famous, you know, haunted spots throughout Bourbon Street, throughout, you know, you know the French Quarter, you know, mm-hmm. there or so. So we were going through there, and then we were passing, you know, in the street there, and there was this very big white house or mansion or so. You know, and there was a wall. There was apparently grounds in front of it and a big wall, and but you could see it, you know, from the street, you know, there. And then we stopped there for a bit. And, of course, it was night. It was late, like 10, 10, 30 at night or whatever at this point. And um, see the paranormal yeah, thing was started at 9 or whatever. So anyway, it was there. It was almost towards the end of the, the, the experience. So he stopped us there in front of this mansion. Or so he said, yes, and this is the Ursuline, you know, um, was for the nuns. The, the Ursuline convent. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this, and it's pitch dark. You know, it's dark, and there are other buildings there, whatever, and it's quiet, and it's illuminated because it's a big, you know, convent after adjacent to a church, mm-hmm. you know, wow. there, on Ursuline Street, you know, there. And I'm looking at this, and there's a red light emanating from the second level or so there, a room with a red light. I thought, that's interesting. <laughs> there's a red light emanating from that room. And he started telling us about the legend or so, of the Ursuline, you know, convent and the Ursuline, you know, girls or so that were brought over from France mm-hmm. because the nuns had come originally from France, apparently. It's just Catholic Church, etc. And that was their convent. And at that point, New Orleans was, you know, being built. There were more males and females. So they decided to import brides, you know, from France. Oh, wow. yeah. so, so that the construction workers or so whatever would be so frustrated and maybe eventually they would marry. So they imported these, you know, the Ursuline girls or whatever, as they, you know, from France to there. So I guess a number of girls agreed to this and came over by ship. Mm. You know, there was no airplane at the time, and you know, over from France, and then they came with these luggage that looked like in the shape of small caskets. Oh, interesting. So the girls came in. They lived on the third floor. You know, there, and then strange things started happening, apparently. 
you know, from there mm-hmm. at this convent. Mm-hmm. And the girls, were there were screams happening or whatever, and then at times or whatever. And then at times, you know, it seemed that these girls were attacked or drained of blood. There's a whole history to this thing. Very oh odd, goodness. very strange. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was going to say, it, it sounds like it sure beats a union, but yeah, I guess not, you know. Yeah. I, I was thinking, you know, Roxanne, you know, you don't have to put on the red light. Yeah. Hey, uh, we, I, I didn't mean to cut you short there, but we're almost out of time. We want to make sure that yes, people yes. know how to reach you and where they can reach you, where they can find you, Dee. You know, yeah, like on Facebook they, online. Or yeah, and, and up. And after that, I want I got a I got something to say because one of our uh, UFO researchers, long time uh, Stan Freeman, uh, just passed away today. I wanted oh. to make sure. Yes, yes, uh, and, I found and, that as well. And Tim Conway too. Yeah. The same day. As uh, well, well many people are passing away lately. Many Stanton was wonderful. <laughs> I got to meet him here yeah. in New York City several years ago during one of his lectures. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to send send condolences out to his family and. And his close friends, but uh, right, Dee, I want we wanted to ask you that how can people reach you? As as Chip was beginning to say, as I interrupted them. Yes, they can reach me through my, through my Facebook community page, the Angelus, you know, Cologne Transpsychic Express, and so I am reachable there. They can message me there as well. I do weekly readings, usually at Namaste Bookshop, down by 14th Street, very close to Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, in New York City. I am there usually Wednesday evenings from 5.30 to 9.30. You know, also, so I do you know, 15-minute or half-hour readings there you know, for clients to come in you know, to the shop. And also they can reach me you know, via you know, phone as well, you know, 347-361-6742 you know, also awesome. you know, as well. Mm-hmm. And I want to let the listeners know, also, Thursday, we have Awesomeism. Susie Miller is our guest on a Thursday edition of Supernatural Realm. Chip, any, anything else? Yeah, just uh, briefly, uh, uh, tomorrow night here on WCETFM, the Kindness Beyond the Veil features uh, our guest, Andrew Raz. Uh, that's tomorrow, 6 to 8, and this coming Monday on Kindness Beyond the Veil, we have uh, hypnotherapist Nori Love uh, joining us Uh for the full two hours and possibly joined by her friends Aginost and Tom Schaefer, part of the broadcast team, Alpha uh, team. Uh, three very awesome people at most and at very least one. Uh, and that's coming up uh, on Monday. So join us for that and stick around because the great Michael Vera is up next with Late Night in the Midlands. <coughs> A phenomenal, phenomenal program. So don't miss that. Tell and, me. He, and you said... Tomorrow on Connors Beyond the Veil? Yeah, the, it, uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, yeah, the, the replay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, yeah, it has been a good week. And, Dee, I want to I wanna thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Uh, as, as I say all the time, this is the fastest two hours of radio. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. There's so much to talk about, and, and you right. know, and it just goes pretty quickly. Yeah, it flows pretty good here, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been a great we'll have time. To have you back sometimes? Yes, we will have to. For sure. Oh, thank you. I've loved it. I've loved it. I've I've enjoyed spending time with both of you and having all this fascinating, you know, discussion and conversation. We touched upon so many different you know, subjects that pertain to the paranormal and supernatural and 
psychics and mediumship. So it's been wonderful. We've been able to you know, just talk about all of these experiences that we've all had. Yeah. And, and to use your words, you know, this upcoming week, especially this coming weekend when we have a very graceful full moon, uh, go through your life with grace and ease, as Steve would say. Yes, very true. Thank you. Well, those words actually come from my friend, actually, Holly, who is a very gifted psychic medium. And those are the words that she you know, advised, you know, for me from spirit, you know, and, you know, to follow, you know, as well. And it's always, especially so true, especially this time period, mm. because there's so much happening that we have to be clear and we have to keep ourselves grounded you know, and always have gratitude because that's the way to be. And it'll keep us, you know, in the right course of things, in the good light, in the positive energy. And it just makes it healthier and we will get through all of this. And it's just the best thing to do. Well, that is great advice. So big shout out to Holly on that one. <laughs> and, and to Dee for being humble enough to <laughs> say, actually, those are Holly's words. Yeah. Stay uh, tuned. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Stay tuned. Up next. <laughs> Supernatural, no, 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 no. <laughs> late Night in the Midlands <laughs> on www.LateNightInTheMidlands.com with the awesome Michael Vera up next here on LateNightInTheMidlands.com, awesome. WCETFM. Yes, he is awesome for sure. Thank you, Dee, for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on again sometime here. In, in, in oh, you're welcome. Message. And thank you. I look forward to it. Absolutely. All right. So do we. Good night, everybody. Have a great week. And, uh, yeah, we love you. Thanks for listening. Take care. Good night. Good night.
You're listening to WCT.FM, talk radio like no other.